1: Sixty-five days a
0: year. This is the Pack podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm super pumped because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite prospects in this year's draft, and that is Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of the Ohio State University. Man, I love this kid. It'll be very interesting to go over what type of value he would have to Green Bay and if he would be a fit. We'll get to all of that, but let's start as we have with all of these videos and as we will with all of these videos with the basics. As mentioned, Johnson is an offensive tackle out of Ohio State. 6'6", 313 pounds a junior this past year. 21 years old. He will be 22 in July. So 22 in his first season in the NFL, solid age, no issues there. He does not qualify for the relative athletic score or RAS scores. He did not complete all of his testing at the combine. He did do some things. He did a 902 on the broad jump, which tests in the 87th percentile. He put up 29 bench reps, which is in the 89th percentile was in the 77th percentile for height, the 64th percentile for weight. And the expectation is that it had he tested, whether it had been the agility drills, the 40-yard dash, any of it, the on-field, like He would have tested very, very well in all likelihood. You watch his tape and you have zero concerns whatsoever about his athleticism. He is a phenomenal athlete. So this would have been one of those like don't check the box twice sort of things on tape. What is one of his best attributes His athleticism. So of course he would have tested well. You don't give him extra credit. We already knew he was an incredible athlete. So in this case, him not doing a ton of testing isn't actually going to hurt him all that much because the tape does the talking for Paris Johnson. As far as stats, you know, there's less stats available for an offensive lineman, but we will use some PFF stats here. He had 925 pass block snaps in his career. Only four penalties in those snaps had three sacks allowed, one hit, 26 hurries, and 30 total pressures allowed. So 925 pass block snaps only 30 total pressures allowed. So overall, during his time at Ohio State, at a couple different positions, at left tackle and right guard, he held up very well in pass protection. Per PFF, in 2020, he had a 79.7 grade on only 26 snaps, so barely played at all in 2020. In 2021, a 79.1 grade on 768 snaps, playing and starting at right guard. And then in 2022, an 83.0 grade on 827 snaps, playing and starting at left tackle. 1,621 total snaps in his college career at Ohio State. Those are sort of the basics. We'll go over now all of the positives, all of the negatives, and all of the key takeaways from Paris Johnson Jr. and what you can expect from him in the NFL and if he would become a Green Bay Packer. So let's start right away with the positives. And the first thing is that he is absolutely everything that you need for him to be a long-term left tackle in the NFL. And as you know, long-term left tackles do not grow on trees. Green Bay's been pretty lucky at that position, going back to what, Ken Rutgers, you had Chad Clifton at that spot, you've had David Bakhtiari, there's been some gaps specifically between Rutgers and Clifton in there, but overall, this is a position that has gone incredibly well for Green Bay for a long period of time. So it might feel like this is a position that's grown on trees a little bit, but it usually is not the case. And he has everything to be a long-term starter at that position. Great height, great size, great weight, great athleticism. He moves extremely well. He has evidence by his bench press, he already has enough functional strength. There's a lot to like about Paris Johnson. And I mention this all the time in my scouting videos, But at its barest, most simplest terms, sometimes you just wanna go back to the playground, line everyone up and say, all right, go pick teams. And if you're looking at all of the draft picks, all 300 plus players that are in the draft and you lined them all up against the fence, Paris Johnson is going to get selected pretty darn quickly for his size, his physique, and what you think he'd probably be able to help you with. Whether it was a boxing match, a football game, a basketball game, you're probably looking at Paris Johnson and being like, you know what, whatever it is we're playing, we can win with Paris Johnson in some capacity. He's going to be one of the first people picked on the playground off the fence just looking at the guy. I love his footwork. I love his movement skills. He can easily pull. He can easily get to the second level. He can easily get to the the defender before the defender gets to him. So many times the battle in the trenches is who strikes first. And he's got great quickness, great agility. He can get to his spot. And if you want to talk about fit, we'll talk about this more in a moment. But for a zone blocking scheme, he can get to his spot, seal the edge if he needs to. His movement skills are fantastic. And especially being able to get to the second level latch on to linebackers. He is going to excel with his movement skills. And I love uh, overall his agility as well. I guess he didn't do the testing, but it doesn't matter if he's moving laterally, if he's moving straight ahead, he just moves incredibly well for the left tackle uh, position. He flashes enough power and some finishing ability This is not a mauler, and we'll talk about that in just a moment as well. This is not, I I know he had the the great bench press numbers, but we're going to talk about some of his lack of overall physical strength in just a moment. But if you watch him play, he plays with an intensity, he wants to finish plays, he looks for work, and you will see him get some people to the ground from time to time. So I wouldn't label him as a, like, I don't, he's not like a power player. He's not going to be your mauling 330 pound, you know, lift guys up, throw them to the ground sort of thing. That's not who he is, but I would certainly not label him a finesse player either. And so many times you can get offensive linemen who have those great movement skills who are playing in his own blocking scheme. And you look at him and you're like, all right, you know, it's great that they have all the agility and the speed and the ability to get to the second level, but can the can the guy finish a block from time to time? Can he actually take a defensive lineman and push him back three, four, five yards? Sometimes those finesse offensive linemen, those, you know, zone blocking offensive linemen don't have that ability to do that. We have seen some of that on tape. And like I said, while he is a more finesse player overall, I wouldn't label him as a finesse player. He has a little bit of spit and vinegar to his game, enough that makes you confident that he's not going to be a pushover. He is going to be able to be a bit more physical and while he may never be a mauler, he has enough physicality to his game where I'm not going to label him soft or anything like that. Next is we talked about those penalties a little bit. Doesn't hold. He's super clean as a blocker overall. Now, a lot of technique things that he needs to work on, but if you whether it's corner, whether it's, you know, offensive tackle, you get into these positions where players can panic, right? You have a corner where a wide receiver gets a little step on you and what's your immediate reaction? You want to hold them. Or you're a corner and the ball's in the air and you can't locate it and you start just, you know, flailing all around and it ends in a pass interference penalty. An offensive tackle, guard or center and the defensive lineman gets a step on you. What's your initial reaction? You're just going to grab him to make sure. He doesn't do that. He works to recover. He works to get back, back involved in the play and he does it without cheating or holding or anything like that. So, you know, like I said he he only had what 3 4 penalties what whatever it was this is a player who plays clean and but not in like I said not in like a soft way he plays the game the right way and he's not going to have a bunch of holding false starts those sort of things that are going to set your offense back next up is with that elite athleticism is the ability to recover on the rare occasion where he actually gets beat usually on the inside usually on some sort of counter move he has an innate ability to just work his way back in the play. And that is intensity, that is desire, that is competitiveness, and that is also just pure raw athleticism. He has that crazy ability. David Bakhtiari has this too, where a guy will get inside and somehow he works his way back back into the play, doesn't allow a sack, and still is able to make sure that his quarterback stays protected. That is a rare trait that very few offensive linemen possess, where if you're beat, you still have a chance to actually win the rep. And most offensive linemen, they're beat and it's over. That that, defender is getting to the quarterback or is making a stop in the run game. He finds a way, more often than not, even in the rare instances where he's beat, to get back in the play because, again, desire, competitiveness, competitive fire, uh, and again, just raw athleticism. Those things serve him very well in making sure that his quarterbacks, his running backs, whoever in the backfield is staying clean and is given at least a puncher's chance to make a positive out of the play. One of the best things I can say about an offensive lineman when I'm watching the tape is I get bored watching the tape. And with Paris Johnson, you get bored. It's just it, there, there's a there's a cruise control element to it at times where it's just like, all right, Paris Johnson won again. Oh, Paris Johnson won again. Oh, Paris Johnson won again. And there, you just again, you kind of get bored watching it. It's it's not again. He doesn't have the consistent technique where it's just set it and forget it, and he's on autopilot. That's not the case at all. But overall, as a left tackle in college playing for a major program, he wins so often that you just kind of get bored watching him. And that is a very good thing. And when you have a player that only gave up 30 pressures in his entire career, only a, you know less than a handful of penalties in his entire career, you just don't hear his name that often. And like I said, that is one of the best compliments you can have. It's always said, hey, if you don't hear an offensive lineman's name, that's a good thing. If you don't hear a corner's name, that's a good thing. Those are the positions where you don't want to hear from them. You just want to see them out there doing their job. And that is. Harris Johnson to a T. He is doing his job, he's doing it clean, and it's almost boring watching him at times in all the best possible ways.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: He's, he's incredibly athletic. He already, he already has that great bench press score, or, or you know how many bench presses he was able to do at the combine, and he still has a ways to go to fill out his frame without, I believe, losing any athleticism. And that's a scary thought that he could still put on some legitimate functional strength, especially in the lower half, and maybe even get more athletic in the process what you always struggle with as an offensive lineman is what is your key weight to play at you want that athleticism you want the ability to pull get to the second level especially if you are playing in a zone blocking scheme but at the same token you know you want to have enough functional strength that you can hold up at the point of attack and there's a balancing act there you want to have the right you know weight to be able to anchor and hold up at the point of attack you want to have the right weight and agility and speed and everything else to be able to get to the second level or get to your spot and set the edge. There's so many things that you need to be able to do and finding that right weight and that right, again, speed, athleticism, everything else is important. I believe that he is actually going to be able to put on some functional strength, again, especially in the lower half, keep that athleticism and even become a better, more physical specimen, which is a pretty crazy thought because he already checks so many of those boxes. I can't speak to this myself. Well, one of them I can, but he has football IQ and apparently he has very high football character as well. On the field, you can see the football IQ. You can see him care about the game. Again, the lack of penalties is a great sign on this. You can see his intensity. You can see his desire. And you can just see how he picks up blitzes. You can see how he diagnoses things. His football IQ on tape is very, very good. And according to those who have been involved in the process, he apparently has impeccable football character as well, which is always a huge positive and something that the Packers tend to look for. Now, as far as versatility, I believe that Paris Johnson all day, every day is a left tackle. That being said, he did start just a year ago, not not this past season, but the year before that at right guard at Ohio state for the entirety of the season. And I do think that there is the potential that he could play left tackle, left guard, right guard, or right tackle. I do think he potentially has four position versatility. Like I said, I think he's a left tackle all day, every day. I think if you play him at anything other than left tackle, you're kind of wasting him in some regard. But we know how Green Bay values athletics or uh, versatility, excuse me. We know that they want to be able to play different players in different spots depending on who's on the roster. And when you have a David Bakhtiari at left tackle already, more on this in just a moment, but it's going to be important that he potentially could play other positions if he's going to want to see the field. At least this upcoming season, and maybe for the foreseeable future, depending on how long Bakhtiari stays with the team. So that ability to play some other positions, the fact that he has started at right guard, I think, is very, very important, specifically for the Packers with what they have at left tackle on the roster right now. As mentioned, he he has great effort; never gives up on the play. You see that consistently. Um, he was the top tackle recruit coming out of high school. So sometimes you get these flash in the pan players and they have one good year and you're not sure, like this guy has been one of the top prospects throughout his entire career. When he was in high school, when he's in college, and now going into the NFL, he continues to be well thought of, he continues to produce, he continues to look the part, play the part, and he continues most importantly to get better at his position. And then last but not least, we talked about the athleticism, but he also has great balance and coordination. You rarely see him on the ground. That also is a huge factor in him getting back in plays when he actually is beat is that balance factor you don't see him thrown off guard too often he just plays like you say he's just a natural he looks the part he looks like he's supposed to be an NFL left tackle and again that's one of the highest pieces of praise that you can give somebody is that they look the part to play the position there's there's no panic there's no holds there's no any like he gets back in the play he shows great effort high football character high football IQ match that with you know 6'6 six, six, 300 plus pounds with great athleticism you are talking about the total package at left tackle now That being said, as always, there are some negatives as well. The first one is that his technique just is not totally there yet, which is understandable. There are very few offensive linemen that go from college to the NFL and you're just like, oh yeah, this guy's technically sound. Don't have to worry about him anymore. We can just, you know, we we don't even need to coach that guy. It's going to come. And I think the big tell here is that he continues to get better with his technique, but His hand usage will be all over the place. There are times where he will use independent hands very well. There are other times where he's using both of his hands and stabbing and getting a little bit out of control and ahead of himself. And he needs to just stay a little bit back more, a little bit more on point, not get over aggressive. He'll get a little bit bendy at times. His footwork will get a little bit all over the place. Again, the big thing is he gets over aggressive. There's just some things where he can play with a bit more calm, with a bit more ease, use independent hands, not get so aggressive. And once he really settles into the position, and I think the big thing to remember here is he's only played in college one year at left tackle. So, one year at left tackle, he made that transition. We've heard all over and over. How many times have we heard it? Going from right side to left side or left side to right side is very difficult. And he's not just going from right side to left side. He's going from right guard to left tackle from 2021 to 2022. So a pretty significant adjustment. And yet you still saw him continue to get better, make the transition cleanly and get better game after game and improve himself to the point where you could see the technique work was paying off towards the end of the year. As mentioned earlier, he is not a mauler. He will flash some power from time to time. And again, evidenced by his bench press. However, he does need to add functional strength and most importantly, he needs to add that functional strength from the base down from the waist down. And I think if he can add a bit more, you know, lower body strength, I think you're going to see him anchor better. I think you're going to see him be able to finish blocks better. I think you're going to be able to see him latch on and just, you know, again, stay anchored and not, and actually A, be able to move players, but not get moved himself, not get bull rush back. I think you're going to see a huge improvement from him when he gets that lower body strength figured out. He's already winning because of athleticism, upper body strength. And because, uh, again, he just, he, he, he's a natural play in the position, But man, if he has all of that and he's already winning, but his technique work and his lower body strength are probably both still going to get better, they're negatives now. They're things that he needs to work on. But man, if they get there, again, you're talking about a complete prospect at left tackle. You will see him get a little bit bendy from time to time. That is always a red flag. You never want to see anyone get bendy at the offensive tackle position. Now, it's not enough that I have a major concern, but so long story short, you want to stay on balance, right? You want to bend at the knees. You want to get low in your stance. You want to be able to anchor well. And you just think if you're bending over at the waist, only bad things are going to happen. You're going to get overextended. You're, they're going to be able to pull you, do a you know a little bit of a push pull move. Again, you're going to get off balance. They're going to be, you're, you don't have eyes on what's going on. Like getting bendy, whether you're run blocking or pass, it doesn't matter. It can be a huge negative. And a lot of times people who struggle with being bendy uh, and bending at the waist, they it, it's a really hard thing to correct. I don't see it enough where it's a major concern, but it's at least worth noting and something that you wanna make sure it doesn't continue and you nip it in the bud as much as possible. Because again, usually nothing good happens when you become a bit more of a waste bender. And I think the biggest thing for him is that it just doesn't become more of a habit. If it happens where it's happening right now, you're not losing any sleep over it. It's a couple times here and there, not a big deal. You're gonna get away with it from time to time. So it's not the worst thing in the world where he's at right now, but as long as it doesn't get any worse, you're fine. If it gets worse, then it becomes a much bigger red flag. Uh, again, he needs to add um, he needs to add that functional strength, which we talked about, plays too high, and it will allow him to get bull rush from time to time. Bakhtiari struggles with this, not necessarily because he plays too high, but just lacking a little bit of that lower body strength and anchor where you'll see him get pushed back into the quarterback. You'll see that from time to time uh, with Paris Johnson as well. His is more due to him playing a little bit too high, not bending quite so much, not having that anchor and that functional lower body strength he gets that down and he can anchor better. That's going to limit those bull rushes and him getting walked back into the quarterback. Hands are inconsistent, as we mentioned earlier. You want to see him use independent hands, be able to get one hand on and still react with the other hand. If this one gets swiped away, you still have one more to put on him. So when we talk about two-hand usage or independent hands, you lunge with two hands and he wipes your hands away, you're screwed. You're done. Or if, you know, if anything happens, you lunge and you don't get hands on him, you're done, you're screwed. But if you go for one hand, maybe he slaps that one away, right? All right, now I got the other one. All right. Or I lunge with one and I miss, all right, I still have the other one. So before a lot of times it was, you know, you, you wanted to see offensive tackles or offensive linemen, they used to be coached, you know, where you wanted to get two hands on them and have that big strike and really kind of, you know, kind of push him backwards and have that, those, those violent hands at the point of attack and you get two hands on him right away, it's over. That's a lot of times how it was coached. And now it's more of that independent hand. Can I get one, you know, clean strike on him? And again, the reason being is if you get, if you go with two and you miss or they get swiped away, you're just in no man's land. Your balance is off. They're going to be by you. So you want to see him just use that independent hand usage, just a little bit more and just his strike point, making sure he's getting inside and not just kind of all over the place. Willy nilly just his overall hand usage needs to be a little bit better. And last but not least his recovery is great, but he can get beat inside a bit too often. That's where he ends up being susceptible. Usually if guys are coming around the edge with the speed, he's just going to run them right around the arc and it's not going to end up being much. But sometimes you can get a little bit overcommitted that way. Like I said, a little over-aggressive. and then players can come inside, make that move, get to the quarterback. And again, even then, more often than not, you're seeing him recover and get back involved in the play. But I do think he can get beat a little bit too easily inside from time to time. And that's something that he's going to have to continue to work on as well. So those are the negatives. So the next question becomes, how does he fit from a scheme fit standpoint in Green Bay? Well, as an overall scheme fit, zone blocking, left tackle, being able to move, we know how much they value that athleticism and that ability to get to the second level, that ability to get you know to the outside on those outside zone run plays. He fits all of that perfectly. He has some versatility. He can play multiple positions if you really wanted him to. I, I think that is going to play a huge part there as well. So that is all good. That being said, I think the big question mark here outside of, is he actually going to make it to pick number 15 or even 13 if Green Bay would swap with New York 15 for 13 or something like that? I think the big question is, is as I mentioned, I think he's a left tackle all day, every day. I don't think he's a right tackle. I don't think he's a left guard. I don't think he's a right guard. Could he play some of those for a season or in a pinch? Some things like that. Yes. But I do believe ultimately you really want him as a left tackle. His value is at left tackle. And of course you have David Bakhtiari there. You also have Yash Naiman on the roster. You've got Zach Tom on the roster. Elton Jenkins can kick to left tackle. You've got a lot of left tackle options on your roster. You've got a decent amount of right tackle options on your roster too. Now, getting good offensive linemen is always a good thing. And when you have David Bakhtiari with the injury history that he has, there's always cause for concern and always some pause that, hey, maybe he's going to miss some games. And having a Paris Johnson in his rookie year fill in for those four or five games that Bakhtiari might miss isn't the worst thing in the world. In the meantime, he can cross train at some other positions. Maybe he starts at right tackle. Maybe he you know challenges for one of those guard positions. Who knows? there's some options there. Maybe you play Bakhtiari at left tackle, Paris Johnson at left guard, Elton Jenkins at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, and then Nyman and Zach Tom battle it out at right tackle. That's certainly within the realm of possibility. You could also look, It's I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't necessarily suggest it happening, but after June 1st, you could around and see if anyone's interested in David Bakhtiari. That's not out of the realm of possibility for somebody that's been oft injured, that somebody who has a pretty big contract and somebody who may, even if he plays this year, be gone next year based on his contract. That could be something that you explore if you get a Paris Johnson, but that is going to be the, 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 the tough selling point is, all right, do you want to move him off of left tackle? If the answer is yes, you're probably fine. If the answer is no, then things get a little bit more convoluted at that offensive line position. You could just, again, move him to right tackle too. Maybe somebody signs Yash to his restricted free agent tender. Maybe you get a second round pick from him. I don't see that happening, but there's a lot that could happen between now and then. But that's gonna be a big question for Green Bay is if they would want to invest that pick right now, knowing that he's a left tackle. And as of right now, David Bakhtiari is sort of holding up that spot. That's the big thing. As far as what his ceiling is, this is going to maybe sound a little bit odd. Christian Darrisaw is not the same type of player as Paris Johnson at all. They're not like that, that dissimilar, but I don't exactly see them as I, I don't I don't think if you're like, "Oh, when I watch when I watch Paris Johnson play, I see Christian Darrisaw." That's not the, that's not what I'm saying here. But I do think that their ceilings are similar. Like it's the same type of like upside. And Christian Darrisaw's been fantastic. I think you are getting the potential to have a very similar outcome as what Christian Darrisaw has been in Minnesota. I think he can even be a little bit better than Darrisaw. In fact, if you were to ask me, they're probably very similar graded for me. Darrisaw when he came out to Paris Johnson, when, yeah, obviously now he's coming out in this draft. But I think that's the sort of upside. And Derrissaw is really coming into his own. And I think he's going to be one of the top left tackles for the foreseeable future in Minnesota. I think, I think Paris Johnson can be that with whatever team he ends up with. His floor... Where, you know, his downside, I think is Yash Nyman. I think at worst case, and I'm talking like good Yash Nyman, I think his worst case is a swing tackle that can play left or right, start for you and be sound. Like you don't have to change your game plan around. Yash is probably ready to be a starter for some team right now, even if that could easily be Green Bay as well. And, you know, could start 16 games and maybe he's not the guy that, is like winning you games, but you can go out there, trust him, and you're not going to get beat because he's out there at tackle. So I think that's his floor as a player. His comp somewhere maybe between a Jawan Taylor and a Christian Dariusaw. I think that's probably somewhere where this is coming out. What would he give you if he was brought to Green Bay? I think he would give you a long-term left tackle. I think he would give you depth along the offensive line And quite frankly, I just think he gives you a really good offensive lineman that does give you some David Bakhtiari insurance if all of a sudden that knee just doesn't hold up, has some sort of setback, whatever it may be. And even if Bakhtiari holds up and plays every single game this year, the Bakhtiari era is coming to an end sooner rather than later. This gives you a long-term prospect at left tackle. Is there value at pick 15? Yes, there very much is. The issue is he might be gone by 15. The other thing I would say is, I think there's a really good chance that if he is available at 15, if he does get to 15, there's a very good chance that he's just ultimately the best player on Green Bay's board at that point. They value premium positions, they value great athletes. Going to be 22 only in July. Like this is the this is a Green Bay type of prospect all day every day, and would not shock me if he made it to 15. If Green Bay made this pick, so I think they would take him at 15. Um, they would have to weigh out the value of what position they think he can play in the you know. Right now until Bakhtiari vacates that spot at some point. And like I said, I think it's very possible that if he's there at 15, he's the highest graded player on their board. Now, will he be there at 15? I would lean no. I think he probably gets taken before that. Maybe if there is a swap between 15 and 13, is there a more likely chance that he gets to 13? Obviously. Uh, But I think that's going to be the big thing. But I've seen some people have him graded more in like the 18 to 20 range. I've seen some have him in the like seven to eight range. I think he's a top 10 player in this draft. Wouldn't shock me if he got to pick 15. Like I said, if he's there, it would not surprise me at all if Green Bay pounced on Paris Johnson and made him their newest offensive tackle in Green Bay. And personally, I would beyond love that pick as one of my favorite players in this draft. That is gonna do it for me today. Really appreciate you guys watching, listening, etc. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. back.